Creative Zombie Studios presents the Subjective Comedy Podcast with Brad Scott. Brad Scott is a mediocre comedian from Indianapolis. This is his show. If you don't think it's funny, remember, comedy is subjective. You, you're all over. You need to hold the mic still. Oh, shit. I'll be your producer. I only have one thing of headphones. Are you so. going to be like Diddy? <laughs> Always, hey. always on the songs. Turn my headphones up. Always in the video. We can do this shit every weekend. Dancing. You call your friends. Come to death row. I'll call my friends and we, we can, can be, be friends. friends. <laughs> Welcome to the Subjective Comedy Podcast. This is That's the intro right there, by the way. Uh, what we just said there. Cheese, eggs, one and of Welch is great. <laughs> uh, if you don't know who that is, yeah, you do. If you don't know... Now you know. Now you know. <laughs> Better ask somebody. <laughs> uh, who was it that had the? Uh, my name is Brent Terhune, by the way. Oh yeah, and uh, my name is not on the podcast, so Brad Scott. Uh, wh- who had the joke? Uh, I grew up in a black neighborhood, so I had ask body spray. <laughs> <laughs> That's I don't remember who did that. <laughs> All right, uh, so yeah, this is subjective comedy. You're probably surprised because you're like, you had an episode yesterday, and before that, it was like two months, and before that, it was like three months. You got to take some time to per- perfect the beat. You know, <laughs> is this are we just gonna go rap cliche versus From, back and uh, forth? Ninety to two thousand and one, <laughs> chronic. X gonna give it to you. <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, uh, how you been? I'm all right, man. I'm a little hungry as we speak. You know, I almost mentioned to you, and I was like, if you need to stop and get gas or anything, I almost was going to say, uh, or if you need to grab a snack, but then I thought that would be insulting. <laughs> hey, you know how you're fat I, and stuff? No, because I would have said snack and drink, but I knew we had drinks here. Yeah. So, uh, by the way, we are uh, recording this live from uh, our our second home, we're not the Creative Zombie Studios. We are at the Red Curb Comedy Studios here in Avon, Indiana. Speaking of which... Have you done any improv, by the way? Have you yourself done improv? I took my first class mm-hmm. last Wednesday. Oh, I didn't know that. I was. I, it's not like I had a, a card with all the topics <laughs> we were going to bring up. So how was it? Um. So, the, okay, the, the teacher... Uh, it's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe they like to be called sensei. <laughs> <laughs> he, the sensei was amazing. Um, he didn't like when I kept bowing and saying, Dory Omogato. <laughs> He's like, you, you don't have to do that, man. Mr. It's just Impromato. yes and. <laughs> Impromato. That's, that's good. Uh, he, just yes and. You don't have to do that, man. Yeah. Just, you don't have to bow every time. <laughs> Where did you get that rice? Uh, but he was... Uh, He's really good. Nelson Vasquez, I believe is his name. He was okay. at our uh, open mic battle. He tried his hand to stand up. Okay. And uh, he was really good, but I don't I don't think the class is necessarily for someone like me. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's way, a way better class for someone like who's just looking to do to either get into improv and focus on improv. Yeah. Or um you know, someone who's just looking to maybe I'm uh, looking to skills. boost my confidence in the workplace. <laughs> no, yeah, so, yeah. So there's like Which three people I, may, that I were made there a nerd that. voice for that, but that I mean it. It's it. It is you, very helpful. But yeah, for like, sure. But I'm not good at it. 
I figured out at least I don't know. I couldn't get comfortable, mm-hmm. and I think it was a lot of it was stand up instincts. So you're in your head and not in the moment, exactly. Type thing. And he even said at the beginning, like we're not gonna f- really or necessarily focus on the comedic mm-hmm. side of improv. And I was just in my head, like, well, shit. Like, that's why I was like, I I thought that was most improv group. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> I, I don't. I'm like, I don't need. To, to learn the skill of being able to improvise a scene where I, like, tell someone I have AIDS. <laughs> you know? Like, I don't need to well, improv no, Philadelphia. In all fairness, Brad, we can tell. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think uh, what he's saying is, you know, I sometimes, I, even when you, I do the off chance I do crowd work, I get in my head too much as far as this, is that the perfect thing to See, say rather than just saying it and, and trusting that I'm that's funny. That's the fucked up thing. Crowd work to me has always been like the dentist. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do it. I only do it when I have to, mm-hmm. and my insurance won't cover it. Uh, <laughs> but I, it's always fine. Yeah, I've always like what's what was it called? Uh, the website that used to to be like a, a good home base for everybody. Uh, Rooftopcomedy dot com. They're no longer around. Shout out to Rooftop, by the way. But that site no longer exists. Oh damn. <laughs> I always give shout outs to defunct <laughs> <Right>. websites. <laughs> this week's sponsor, Toys R Us. Shout out to AskJeeves.com. <laughs> I know they, they shorten it to Ask, but Jeeves and I go way back. And that is the Blockbuster video shout out of the week. <laughs> but shout out to the family video by my house. <laughs> it's probably still there. Now it's a DG, Dollar General. I think mine's still there. Uh, but anyway, so, uh, yeah, what was I saying? Oh, uh, improv in general. Yeah, like I could, but crowd work, uh, rooftop had a video that mm-hmm. I had forgotten about from like a few years ago. Mm-hmm. A, a, a comedy, a local comedy club in Indianapolis named after a snack food that pairs well with soup. Mm-hmm. And it was a girl who kept interrupting me. Yeah. And I was, uh, I think I was trying to get into that, what then became the magic trick joke about race. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's where I talk about a basketball player with AIDS <laughs> who's black. And uh, I was going back and forth, but like, I remember thinking, like, I remember, like, as soon as I watched the whole thing, I was like back in that moment. Mm-hmm. And I think it's probably the, the only real, like, good line I had of it was just like, because uh, I, I did like a couple of slams or whatever. I'm like, you know, you. I do this for a living. Like I do this every weekend. I have like one beer and you come out to a comedy club every six months and get drunk. It's mm-hmm. like playing my daughter at Madden. You know, you think you're doing well, but I haven't even plugged your controller in. <laughs> and yeah. yeah, right. Like it's it went line. fine. It went fine. And I'm always like that with crowd work. Yeah. And I've had people tell me like that. I've come out to multiple shows or something that like, if I end up doing crowd work, like, oh, that's my favorite part. I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, just because the shit you haven't heard. Yeah. And well, it's off the cut. Even if it's not the funniest, if it's off the cuff, in the moment, you get you get some leeway. Yeah, because I've tried to recreate some of the things I've said, and, and it just doesn't it comes fly. Out, it comes out rehearsed. Yeah, but they, but I couldn't get to that same level of comfort in the mm-hmm. improv class, and it was one of those things where I was never a good student anyway. Yeah, but I also I don't know I'm debating on continuing. It's a great class. I think I you should. Anyone? I don't even know the teacher. Well, I don't but know. I'm but- worried I'm going to end up. Because I could even feel it where I had to like tell myself, okay, don't make this comment. Mm-hmm. Like, don't pop it in my head. You know what I mean? Like, but I mean, I don't yeah. want to be the, I was the class clown in real school. Yeah. And it felt a little bit like that to where I'm going to end up annoying mm-hmm. people or the teacher. So I'm on the fence about it because I don't want, I don't want to ruin the experience and the environment for other people. Yeah. And they have sick, like, there's 
I think typically anywhere from, I think the a good class size they said was like six to eight. Mm-hmm. And there were seven of us counting me. So, I mean, they'll be fine, but I don't know. I'm on the, plus I have to also see what's going on. This is a big week coming up for me, mm-hmm. which moving on uh, to the next thing with Red Curb. Um, we have two big announcements. Uh, the first, not really a big announcement. It's just a reminder. If uh, you want to help contribute to the uh, video production of Single Dad, uh, we're, we're calling it, because this is the third time I'm trying to record this mm-hmm. fucking thing. We're calling it uh, Single Dad Part 3. This time it's personal. <laughs> so if you want to Single Dadlier. <laughs> Dad, Even single later. dad harder. <laughs> <laughs> Even more deadbeat. <laughs> Back from the deadbeat. That's funny. <laughs> uh, but no, we, so you know this, you saw, you were at one of the, the first recordings mm-hmm. at uh, a comedy club named after a playing card in Indianapolis, mm-hmm. and it did not go well. Uh, that was fine. It did not go well. Okay. Uh, and then the second time went way better, but. When I when I in October did a variation of of uh, that story, uh, well, it's not a variation of the story. It's a variation of the single dad material. Mm-hmm. Uh, in October, I did a thing for PBS with former Indiana first lady Judy O'Bannon, who's an eighty three year old woman that I talk quote unquote to do stand up mm-hmm. and for her show we needed just something else on that show because she was doing like five minutes. So I yeah. told the story of becoming a single dad because I told Will I've always kind of wanted to do that on stage. Mm-hmm. And way better than I expected. And it actually kind of gave me an epiphany that I've been doing stand-up wrong all these years and that I am not more of a traditional stand-up. I am a storyteller by heart. Mm-hmm. And it's become more comfortable for me. And so I thought, well, that went really well. And people told me, like, the, we had a smaller crowd, probably 30-ish, 40-ish. And uh, everyone that was there was that was like, that was really interesting and mm-hmm. good and everything and people would see me were like that's the best set i've ever seen you do mm-hmm. it was very honest and uh vulnerable and everything so i thought well i literally spent about two hours on that mm-hmm. i like got to the theater early sat in the uh green room area and just wrote out an outline on a poster board and taped it to the floor of just talking points mm-hmm. and then kind of winged in material as i went and winged stuff i thought what if i actually put a lot of effort into this and so now I've been spending, since January 1st, I've been spending on an average about four or five hours a day working on this, and it is, I think, almost perfect for, for what I'm doing. And it has now incorporated, like, almost all of my single dad material, other material over the years. So this is like a this is like the culmination, mm-hmm. but it's got a good message as well. Uh, it talks a lot about, I'm going to talk a lot about just loving your kids unconditionally, what that means, uh, the story of my daughter, Harper, Eve Henson becoming my son, or I started becoming, but figuring out mm-hmm. uh, that he is my son, Daniel Charlie Scott. And that's going to be the main central theme of it is do whatever you have to do for your kids unconditionally, mm-hmm. which means no conditions. And if it's something you're not familiar with, let your kid, if your kid's happy, be learn. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to, we're going to record it because we think that people around me believe in this set enough that we think if done right, it can be something that could we would feel confident submitting to streaming services, to festivals, um, to get you know something behind it. And so, WFYI is kind enough uh, to come out and record it on. We're gonna do a three camera shoot. It's gonna be one hundred percent professional. It's four K, uh, but not not on iPhone Pros. We can't afford. 
Yeah. That quite yet. But <laughs> we got to pay the camera people for their time. So we're started. I started a GoFundMe, and we are a long way away from the goal. So if you'd like to help out, go to any Brad Scott comedy social media page, and you can click on the link to donate. Um, you get prizes, though. I'm not just asking you for money. Uh, you'll see a complete list of that. We went over them in the last episode as well, so you can check it out there. Big announcement, though, for Red Curb. I announced it yesterday, but I have a feeling nobody listened to that, and I have a feeling people might listen to this one. So uh, we're very excited. April 11th, we are going to have, uh, after my show, unless we book something in between, uh, the next stand-up show will be April 11th, and it's three-time World Heavyweight Champion. WWE Hall of Famer, New York Times bestselling author, Mick Foley. Bang, bang. Now, you know, there's 100% of his previous Indianapolis openers in this room. Yeah. So Uh, does that mean he's not going to have either one of us on the show since he's seen us? I've been banned. Uh, He saw my act. (laughs) He saw the single dad thing I'm working on. He was like, I want no part of that. Um, And Austin Fry. Okay. Is going to be uh, hosting, mm-hmm. and I'm going to do uh, a little guest spot as well because you and I both know that's the only crowds that wrestling material works in front it's of. It's so hard to make a wrestling joke. God damn, we tried for years. Either from the jump when you say that you're a wrestling fan, people they turn away. automatically think you're dumb. It's like telling people that my daughter wants a penis. <laughs> <laughs> they immediately turn off. You know, I'm I'm gonna take off. No. <laughs> you you mentioned that you feel you felt like you're doing stand up wrong for all these years. You think it's more of your evolution comedically? Yeah, I mean, it, I guess you could say I'm transitioning. Ah. <laughs> I'm a transparent. Yeah. So yeah. no, it is. I so I had always done right out a joke, mm-hmm. right out the bit, and it was like two to three minutes. And you just do a collection of those. doesn't matter really as long as you can make the transition into the next joke, even if it's just a slight pause, whatever, and some bullshit you come up with to, mm-hmm. to be, you know, speak it, blah, blah, blah. And I'm much more comfortable telling a narrative over the course of that 45 minutes to an hour and calling it back. I enjoy writing that out a lot more because I did a set in October that was another one that I just – Threw stories together from my life that I'd always had, mm-hmm. and it was after I went to jail, uh, which I, t- I told you about that, right? Mm-hmm. When I went to Marion County Jail for three and a half days for a fine, uh, and it was the worst experience of my life. I it just- was less than fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can use that, by the way. Thank you. I, I'm writing it down now. <laughs> uh, but it was... It was one of those things. I thought I was actually getting arrested for my act. I was like, damn it, they see the single dad thing. Sir, step out of the step away from the microphone. Do not mention breaking your face. <laughs> <laughs> but any any joke you say, Canada will be used against you. But they uh yeah, it gave me the idea to talk about because I had another experience when I was younger. You you know the sparrow. Mm-hmm. Uh he and I one night got drunk and uh got into a fight and then ended up uh, you know, driving home, like making up in the parking lot, like immediately uh, blew each other and then uh, (laughs) got in the car, drove home. My car broke down on the way home and we popped the hood. We're both standing there arguing, even though neither of us really know anything about cars. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, uh, this muscular uh, black man in a tank top walked up. Michael Clark Duncan. 
It was. Or Ving Rhames. It was. No, it was uh, Terry Crews. Okay. And he this comes- is a choose your own black guy <laughs> story. <laughs> so, yeah, you'll actually have to go back in the podcast depending on which one you choose. Uh, is he flexing his pecs? Because we so all Terry know that's Cruz Terry Crews. <laughs> <laughs> so, he was petting a mouse. <laughs> <laughs> that's, yeah. He was shooting zombies from a rooftop. Yeah. Um, and he comes up and he just goes, Hey, hey, man. Hey. Your car is on fire. And we both turn around and my car is engulfed in flames. Mm -hmm. And this is because I had like, this is before I'd gotten my Corollas or anything. So this was like a 91 Honda Accord Mm -hmm. uh, that my dad had found at an auction or something that cost like $100. And so it goes, just like a movie. I was waiting Mm -hmm. on it to explode. Uh, The sparrow flew away. (laughs) And uh, that guy started to walk back to Denny's, which I'm guessing is where he was when he saw. Mm -hmm. Um, And police pull up almost immediately after that. And uh, take me to jail for luckily PI since I wasn't technically Public driving a ball of fire mm-hmm. and uh, get to jail. I've like kind of like lean like lean my head up against the wall and pass out for a little bit because I was drunk. And when I woke up, people were like like somebody nudged me because they were going around asking people like what they were in for or whatever. Mm-hmm. And the uh, most cliche thing to ever happen yeah, and in a jail besides you playing harmonica with fingerless gloves. And you know what's weird? Like the farming laws in Indiana are very, very strict, apparently. I was not aware of this because everyone was in there for bullshit. And I was just like, <laughs> man, they, they man, they caught me on some bullshit. They're really going after these 4-H kids. <laughs> but I go, P.I. And then uh, a guy goes, where'd you get arrested at? And I go. Greenwood, and he goes off the sixty-five exit, and I go yeah, and he goes, uh, were were you uh, were you driving a, a Honda? And I go yeah. He goes, was it on fire? <laughs> and I go, how'd you know? And he goes, because I'm the motherfucker that told you. So when that guy walked back to the Denny's, the cops saw him leaving the car oh. to go back to the Denny's. So they went just to ask him what happened. Yeah, and apparently ran his name, and he had warrants. Oh damn. Yeah. So, anyways, put that set together and did, you know, closed it with the Marion County stuff mm-hmm. because that place is inhumane and disgusting and horrible. Um, but yeah, I'm going to move away from this. Too much about me. I have questions to ask you, and we're on a time crunch. Um, last thing I do want to mention coming up for Brad Scott Comedy uh, if you are in New York, uh, I'm going to be taking a trip out there to visit uh, the Big Sloss Man. Uh, Daniel Sloss, he's doing a run at the Soho Playhouse in, I think it's somewhere around lower Manhattan. I don't know. I, I'm not familiar. It's my first trip there ever. In I've my been life. there. It was for uh, WrestleMania. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Uh, New York, New Jersey. How was that to watch from a venue? I heard it's bad. Uh, what, WrestleMania? No, 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 no. Just that venue. The MetLife Stadium. Yeah, it was fine. I mean, I've not been there for any other thing. So, but we, my friend... Uh, bought the tickets, so we were on the f- on the floor. Oh well, never mind. Yeah, uh, you got yeah. a great view. Mm-hmm. Uh, man, you spent a lot of you've you've done some floor time there. Uh, that's about the only time I've been on the floor. Wow, I feel great since you and I shared a. Uh, the, I, this was we, even we before. shared a magical night. Uh, you could say a magical night of champions together. Thanks to Mick Foley, row. Yeah, uh, yeah, who will be here Veronica, in a couple right. weeks. And actually, you know what I'm going to ask him. I'm going to ask him if he has a way to pass on a message to Bailey for me. Because mm-hmm. I have tried since she gave uh, uh, my son, who, who didn't have a penis, 
at the time, mm-hmm. uh, a hug and a headband. I have not found a way to like properly thank her. Yeah. I tried to tweet down at her, but then I was worried uh, because I think she might have thought since it said I was the father of the kid mm-hmm. and I wasn't allowed to stand right there. Uh, what do we used to call him? Norman. Uh-huh. I, like I was worried maybe she thought I was Norman. Mm-hmm. So I want to get that message of like how much it meant. Yeah. Yada, yada. But anyways, uh, yeah, that was a magical night. I, I remember. Champions. <laughs> it was a clash. Per se, I don't know if it was Clash of Champions or Night of Champions. It was Night of Champions because okay. I had bo- I had uh, mine and former executive producer turned heel Molly Smith's mm-hmm. chairs. Uh, one of them broke. What? Who did you her hit? Head. <laughs> Am I right? Am I right? And then last domestic thing- violence, baby. <laughs> I already had a story about a guy and a wife beater. Uh, also, last thing mentioned for Brad Scott Comedy coming up April first through the fourth. Uh, if you are in Florida, I'm going to be at Vasani. It's my favorite club in the country. It's in Port Charlotte, Florida, and I'm going to be there with the cripple threat himself, Ryan Neemiller. Uh, and we plan on going to WrestleMania uh, are you going to Sunday. Are you going to WrestleMania? I think so. It's the fifth. Well, I don't know because, like, I was asking about the tickets and stuff, and he's like, I haven't had a chance to even look at it yet. But he had told me, like, a month ago, he's like, we need to start looking at the tickets. And I... I just want to be like, well, I, I'm guessing now at this point we're probably operating in different budgets. Yeah, I <laughs> so mean, maybe that's one of the thing. things we hang out beforehand. Well, that was the case where uh, when I went with my friend John, I was like, dude, I can't even afford. And he's like, dude, I got I got the tickets. You just so I drove and paid for all the gas. So it probably evened out the same. But it was he was like, you want to sit here? I'm like, no, <laughs> like I can't. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's it, I found I found like. Reasonable price tickets. Yeah. But now that he is, you know. America's Got Talents, Ryan Miller. That's right. So now we have, this show is spawning off. Uh, the DIY Jokers are spawning off into uh, to successful, uh, forget Brad Scott characters like Big Time Brent. Big Time and Brent. Amer- and now AGT's <laughs> Ryan Miller, also friend of Jericho. Uh, well, by the way, congratulations. He's a coward, by the way. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, we don't like him on this show. So, okay, let's move to you. Um, first, how was the Roast War Champion? Roast War Champion? Well, you're looking at the Roast War Champion. You won? I won. That's nice. how it was. So uh, did you listen to the uh, episode I did yesterday? No, sir. Oh, I haven't listened to anything. I've been preparing for victory. Well, because I, I, I did a breakdown okay. of each match, and I picked who I thought the winners mm-hmm. would be, and you might be surprised to find out. I picked you. Oh. Uh, I am surprised. <laughs> I know, right? I would have been probably better for the game. But I, just, I said there was one that, you know, it's a pick em. Mm-hmm. Uh Can't call it. Yeah. Wouldn't put money on it. That's one of those bets you stay away from. It's yeah. just it's too close. So, can't call did, it, dog. I did go with you. Uh, I said, honestly, it's because of your WrestleMania experience. I figured it would come in handy having that show for five years. And a steel cage. That is very cool, by the way. DJ did have a really good job. I roasted uh, against or along with DJ Dangler. And my favorite joke that he had was, Brent is a big fan of 23 and Me, and I don't mean the website. I just mean when two dozen men fuck his wife. <laughs> <laughs> and now an accurate joke, because she yeah. is your wife. Yeah. It was, uh, yeah, he had some really good jokes. It's always fun. I love to be roasted. Me too. Just because, and especially when it's cl- clever and well thought out. You know, it's one thing to be like, he's in- fat. No, yeah, it's the intent. Yeah. I've told my son that a lot is always pay attention to people's intent. If it's mm-hmm. to joke 
or to you know whatever. And I'm and I say make sure you get your t- intent across as well. What were uh, what was your big haymaker? Um, well, here's one that I I didn't get to say because there were certain rounds, but I said a lot of people's biggest fear is public speaking, but. DJ's uh, biggest fear is a job application and a bar of soap. <laughs> he looks a bit homeless. Yeah, I said he looks like a homeless Muppet. <laughs> DJ good. looks like a dungeon master that lives in a storage unit. <laughs> DJ looks like Charles Manson on a good day. <laughs> DJ looks like he smokes the grass from your Easter basket. <laughs> uh, I can't remember any of the other ones. I said DJ's so big and his wife is so small their wedding photos look like King Kong on top of the Empire State <laughs> Building. <laughs> He's white. He's white. <laughs> we have to mention that. Uh, his wedding photos look like King Kong in blackface. No, <laughs> I'm just joking. Don't re- delete that. Uh, <laughs> they won't be. What was, uh, what was uh, some of his other good ones? Do you remember? Uh, I'm trying to th- – that was the one that stood out. He said that uh, – Brent Trahune likes to collect ranch by year, as in, oh, this is a 2015. This is a good year. <laughs> the thing is, it's a funny joke, but I, I've tried to work it into my act, but I don't like ranch at all. I know I look like I would love ranch. I like it. I'm the color of There's, ranch. I, I treat it like ketchup. There's mm-hmm. a few things I like it yeah, with. There are no things I like it but with. But I don't like. I definitely don't like it as a dipping sauce. Uh, well, that and the ranch just is like when you go to. A place to eat in the south and the grits just come with your meal in the midwest the ranch a, just a comes very, uh popular gang in the south that just jerks off onto grits yeah <laughs> when the grits come you know that's where the ranch is coming out oh they're ready to rumble the grits uh all right we're not spending this whole podcast talking about ranch because i actually have actual interview questions to okay ask about so okay now the origin story of Big Time Brent mm-hmm. was uh, you had started doing this. And you have to say it. Big Time Brent. The million view man. It's so, it's much more than a million now, by the way. Oh, but, so, sorry. Sorry. Hey, if we're, if we're going to play up a gimmick, let's. <laughs> <laughs> let's play it up appropriately. Yeah, yeah. I'm starting to feel like Virgil in blackface. <laughs> uh, so first question is. So if you haven't seen it, go check out Brent Terhune on all social media. He has a very, very popular redneck character um, that is a parody of a Trump supporter. Mm-hmm. And although if you read the comment section, you, would, you wouldn't know that, um, that it is a parody. But <laughs> Amen, did, brother. What, what was the birth of that character? Where it did was you watching from? people burn jerseys. For Ka- on, Colin Kaepernick. Yeah, for Colin Kaepernick, um, as my character would say. Yeah, it was literally watching people burn jerseys, just laying in bed, scrolling on Facebook and being like, I don't believe that you believe that much because you're going to be back with football. And I'm surprised when people are like, yeah, I haven't watched it since blank. I'm like, I'm surprised, but I'm also like, good for you if you really believe. Yeah, and but yeah. there is a lot of people the way. It's like a New Year's resolution. Yeah, well, there was a, a guy, especially, he was like in Carmel, which if you're not from... Indianapolis is the, the ritzy. Yeah. And he's like, I was, a, I was a diehard Colts fan, and he's burning his season tickets in the backyard like an idiot. You could sell those. <laughs> you could donate all the clothes you're about to burn, all the brand new Nikes. They, are, <clears throat> they already got your money. Yeah. So, uh, so it was just burning stuff in the backyard, 
And I just turned it from like, oh, you know, this isn't a Simba plush toy. It's for the Detroit Lions. <laughs> and I was like, uh, you know, all the players down there on the court, like John Cena and Kobe Bryant. And <laughs> so that kind of – and the, so I did the first one, and then a year later, they uh, – Nike signed Kaepernick to whatever big deal it was, and I did another one of me burning. Which I think is that's that's the one that took off for yeah, sure. And that, I think my favorite part of that video is the uh, holding up the Nike Mike Pence T-shirt. <laughs> oh yeah, it was uh, just a, being a goodwill, and it was it said Mike Pence, but in Nike, like it was cursive. Yeah, and it looked almost like it would be a Nike thing. It, yeah, it was a parody of the Nike, and I was just in goodwill. And I saw it. I'm like, this is the shirt that's supposed to be in the video. Of the circumstances of Mike Pence, Nike font. I just stopped looking. And I had a pair of red high heels. I was that like, was I ain't wearing these no more. Did you call them Jordans? Yeah. Did they, you call them Jays? I got the new Jordans. Or no, it was it was these shoes. I buy the same pair of shoes, the same pair of Nikes. And I, I could, if, if it said Adidas, it wouldn't matter. <laughs> I just like these shoes. But I buy the same pair every year. So I had an old pair of quote jordans yeah and how long did it take to to take off like when from when you made the video to when you when it hit a million views let's say uh i don't remember i know it's it's up to eight million so it's probably been been seen well, it's no, probably I mean, still like, around eight million okay, so but, let me ask you when did you know that this was going to go viral uh I, you can usually tell a video is going to do well when it gets ten thousand views in an hour what is that like it's it's cool. I mean, you always want to see your stuff being seen, you know. Um, and then it probably got a million in a day. I don't know, but it, it was quick. It was, it was quick. Yeah, though. it was like I was like, oh shit. Well, you no, know? I think you said didn't you tell me? I think uh, didn't you get like eighteen thousand likes overnight? It was something like that where I went from like three thousand on a fan page to you know eighteen whatever it was. Because that's you an know? example I use. So when I talk to young comics, and if you know if, if they're asking me questions or wanting mm -hmm. advice first thing i always tell them is you're obviously not going to be successful in this business because look who you're coming to <laughs> for <laughs> advice but then the second thing i say is make sure and i can't believe there's still a lot of comics who have been doing this way too long that haven't done this is you need to have all social media accounts first of all yeah like everything i how many times do you hear a comic that'll go uh you know, I don't do Instagrams because it's stupid. Yeah, yeah, it is. Everything's stupid. And it's all stupid. And guess what, though? Clubs don't think it's stupid. Yeah. They want to tag you. And if you tell them, I don't have an Instagram because it's mm -hmm. stupid, you better be able to draw on your fucking name alone. If you don't have credits, they're looking at your social media numbers. Yeah. Because it's a, it's, a, it's a hard fact to look at. Yeah. To see, oh, 30,000 followers versus he doesn't have any. I'm the he, uh, but no, it's, it's, but I always say you have a Facebook page. Uh, yeah, I got, I've got a, they mean profile. Yeah. And I'm like, no, no, not a profile, you have a fan page, a fan page. And it's always the same thing. Oh, well, no, not. it's like, do you think like they were long before, but do you think the comedians that are coming up now, like made their fan pages the minute that they got successful? No, you build that. Yeah. And the reason you do that is because so if you would have just had a profile, well, the thing is, the f the first one that hit, I did have just a profile, and then it you get to five thousand friends, and then you get f you start have having people follow you. So I still have like five thousand followers on my just regular Personal Facebook page? page. So then I had to like 
then start posting from the fan page to share to the personal page. And hopefully people would be like, oh, this is where the stuff is coming from. I'm just well, going to like this one. But that's my point is if you're, you're capped, even yeah. if people can't follow you, mm-hmm. like, I don't know. I'm, I'm not going to really pay much attention to a profile mm-hmm. of a, of if it's, let's say it's a band or something I see. But if I can go just click like and now get access to all their information, mm-hmm. I'm going to do that. Um, and it's like you said, it's also because I'm sure it helps your booking when you can send out that social media and they can mm-hmm. go to that Facebook page. Whereas opposed if they have to go to your profile, it's not sticking out yeah. right there as to how many people are following you. Mm-hmm. It's something you got to kind of look for. And even though it's it may literally just be a scroll down. Mm-hmm. You'd be surprised how lazy a lot of bookers are. You're not going to do it. Even people in general, people that like you, and that uh, if you're like, oh, this is available on Spotify, and you don't post a link to Spotify, yeah, they won't. Give it's a shit. not getting listened to. No, and and it's never been easier. But I'm the same way. I'm like, I got to search for it. Nope. Well, and you don't get a you don't get a blue check mark for a profile, mm-hmm. and that's becoming kind of the status uh, symbol now. But that was a huge. That's a huge part of it, and also make sure your social media is universal. Mm-hmm. You, if you can, yeah. I mean, I think honestly, you have to just do it. Like if you if you At have Brent a tr- Trahune across the board. Yeah, yeah. It, it, that's what I tell people. I go, well, what's your uh, Twitter? Well, Twitter's at. Uh, funny underscore comic seven and my mm-hmm. Instagram is at funny Jason three mm-hmm. or some shit. It's like no one's gonna remember that. Yeah, I go. I'll, I always go. Ask me what my social media is. And they're like, what's your? Brad's got comedy wherever you look. Yeah, and that's that's a very important thing when you're not known. Mm-hmm. You're almost getting to a point where you don't have to worry about that anymore. People will search you out. But if you if someone's never heard of me, just mm-hmm. saw me at a show, they aren't gonna remember my. Yeah. Name if I, especially if I give them three, they may not remember it just by the Brad Scott comedy, mm-hmm. but I have a way better chance. Or and even have a, I know a business card is, is not it's outdated, but also even have a QR code. I know they that's what I'm saying. Is oh, it's QR not code? Yeah. You even have a QR where you can hold your phone camera right up to the 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 QR and it'll take you to the social media. Or if you do you know about Linktree? Do not. It's a uh, it's a thing where it's if so a lot of Instagram you can only post one link, a link tree you can have all these links and it's the link to the link tree, so you can have YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, website, and it's all just that one link so people can find all your shit in one link. Huh. Yeah. So you're not posting nine different links. So the former. Teacher has become the teacher again. I prefer sensei. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you, Antonio Magato. Yeah, we don't have to do that, man. Hey, <laughs> God, I gotta get this rice. All right. Um, so, what's the name? Does the redneck have a name? Uh, no. At first, because I didn't redneck. I just call him the redneck. Y'all love to hate because. I love to watch videos of people that relish in people's hate. Like, I know y'all hate me and I love, <laughs> I thrive on it. You know, those types. So that's where the, the big part of the, the character came from was those people that know they're hated. It's like that girl, you know, the girl that she went to, I think, Kent State. I think her name is Caitlin something. Oh, the one that has a picture of the gun that and she the opened Bible. carried. Yeah. And uh, she is one of those that will relish in your hate. She's like, shout out to my haters. Tommy Lauren or whatever. No, that's a, she's a broadcaster. No, I know, but I'm saying she's the same way. Yeah. It's one of those where 
uh, she's just it's like a Rush Limbaugh where you're saying the most controversial things to get a reaction. To get the reaction, and then you revel in that reaction. Yeah, then you're like, oh, I, yeah, you just uh, look at look. I'm making my haters lose it or whatever, you know. So wait, is, is this going to be kind of like a uh, a sitcom arc, or are we going to get the payoff of Cosmo Kramer at some point where we find <laughs> out uh, his the name character somehow? has a name? I think his name is Cosmo. <laughs> <laughs> Cosmo Kramer. I, yeah, I never thought that. Actually, it should be more appropriate it. to be Michael Richards. Yeah, it was. Uh, <laughs> Well, because they probably say the same words. <laughs> yeah, I never really thought that far. So then I just say Brent Tertune. Because then I do some other, I've started to do some other characters. And it's just like, it doesn't matter. Like, people just know. So you said you'd be uh, doing other characters. Is Have you been pigeonholed? Are the other characters doing as well as the redneck? Or no, people went the redneck thing, and that nobody cared about. Nobody cared about me till I put on the MAGA hat. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, but also the the redneck thing is designed to be a hot button issue. So something that is happening and trending right now is he's commenting on it. So half of it is it's it's a hot issue. With the other generic videos like dads raking leaves, I mean it's funny. <laughs> But it's just it's not, not going to get the traction. It's not going to yeah. build. Yeah, nobody, unless you, I think that's what you have to do is you have to create this character, not necessarily a redneck or just whatever you like, a dad, oh, dad's doing this or mom's doing this or whatever, you know, you got to have that angle. Yeah. And so people like the redneck thing, but I, and they're like, why don't you do it on stage? I'm like, I just don't. I don't, I, yeah, I, I agreed with, I, I think, uh. That's one of those things where you're you're doing three minute things based on mm -hmm. current political well, events as opposed to creating an entire act around. I it. don't. And well, and a lot of them are current events, so it's like y'all remember a year ago, and <laughs> and, and you cover a lot of it in the video. Yeah. Well, the and that character lives on the internet. That's the guy that rants in his truck. You know, his yeah. Silverado, and if people do come to see a show, some people come to see a comedy show. And a, a few people will come to see me. And if I, at the end of my act, turn around and put on a red hat and some sunglasses and a camo jacket and just start talking like that, the people that have no idea are, are mad like, either wait, way. Is, is he is he secretly racist? We yeah. loved him. He's been yeah. a clean comic for 50 time. minutes. He was funny. And then the last five was. He's been so non-threatening and yeah. non-controversial. Yeah. What, have you ever. Th okay. So have you thought about. Um, possibly doing where it's a come meet the redneck to where you can do your set mm -hmm. and then the meet and greet portion, you can kind of come out as the redneck and do that. No, I, I didn't really, uh, I don't ever want to appear in person as that thing because I, I was doing stand up for a lot longer than that character has existed, you know, but he's the reason that people know me. I just don't, you know, it, you, you can find me funny without that. Yeah. Well, and you are. And that's why yeah. you're sustaining. And that's what I was asking you again. Or uh, not, Next is what's the impact of the success that it's had? Is it has there been a downside or has it? Uh, probably as far as it's political. So maybe some people won't ever come to my show, but. I'm getting a lot more people that do come to a show or like my stuff versus they weren't before. Well, and you're getting you know? your name out there. Yeah. So I, I, I say probably for the first 
13 or so years I did stand up. Mm -hmm. I was a mediocre writer mm -hmm. and a really good performer. I'd say the last four years, I found my voice mm -hmm. and I figured out comedy mm -hmm. as far as like editing jokes. I don't need a crowd anymore to write a joke. Mm -hmm. I don't. I used to have to have live performances to know whether it had any sort of legs or substance. Mm -hmm. I don't need that anymore. I can do that in my head and and I feel like I have a better grasp on what's funny. But it's honestly more frustrating now because my act is the best it's ever been. The it's tighter. There's no dead space if i'm doing you know an hour or less there's you know but getting people to see it mm -hmm. getting people just to watch it is not everyone that watches it comes back and says the same thing wow you're actually really good and i'm yeah. like fuck i told you but yeah that's but what you're doing with this character mm -hmm. yeah it's it's getting people to notice and then hopefully i can continue to make stuff that's not that so they realize there's more than that well, by the way that's another reason why young comics you should have a facebook page already and you should have an instagram i understand and i i think we all understand and get the hardest part about being a comic in social media is continuing to create content when you think no one is paying attention mm -hmm. um but if i'm not mistaken i'm almost certain it was drew lynch uh, who told me his Drew Lynch is a master at social media. Yeah. And I remember I'm almost certain it was him that told me, um, like, yeah, you're not a hot girl or a celebrity. Mm -hmm. No one's gonna give a fuck about your stuff. Yeah. What you do is you're not creating content for people now. You're creating content for the future. So if something does go viral, because mm -hmm. if you, let's say that redneck character went viral and people went to your Instagram page and your last Instagram post was eight months ago and yeah. you had 20 of them total. Mm hmm. They're leaving and they're never coming back. Yeah, you you build a fit, but if they come and now they have thousands of posts to go through mm -hmm. and they have a library of content to get to know you, and that's how you build a fan base. Mm -hmm. That's how you keep them coming back. Yeah, well, they, and they, they you give them another step to look at. It's another instead of watching the first episode of the Netflix show and there's nothing, then you can go binge and watch other stuff that that you've created. And it's it's good practice. Uh, this podcast is good practice. Going on local TV is good practice for something that people hopefully pay you later. Yeah. To be fair though, I've tried going mm -hmm. on local TV. They're not interested. They saw the single dad set. <laughs> um, do you have a favorite video? Out of the Redneck series? I like the one where I got mad at uh, Gay Pride Bud Light. <laughs> so I got so mad that I uh, put it on a, a wooden table and I jumped through it like wrestling. Because <laughs> it was that the idea came later. I wanted to go through a table first. <laughs> you just, that you I just had needed to, a reason to go through a yeah, table. So I had, you know, it was two cameras. So I got two different angles. Uh, and I didn't know. I've never been put through a wooden table. So I gimmicked it. I cut the table a little bit so it would get, because this was like an old, like, I'm not going to break a new table. So <laughs> this was like those old, like, 30-pound tables. So I had to saw it. And then, you know, I jumped through these cans of beer on a table. Not as much as you would think. I And I wasn't sore the next day either, because... I'm I'm a I, at the time I was a 29 year old guy that has no health insurance <laughs> that needs to work every week. So it's like, yeah, I jumped through this table, and now I'm missing a month of shows <laughs> with no money. So that one was my favorite, probably, just because it it combined you know wrestling with something. Uh, yeah, you used to combine wrestling. Yeah, with so a lot of until, things. Until you got too big. Big, big time, time Brent. Now, uh, 
last question about the redneck. Are we ever going to see the debut of Squirrel Killer? That's your character. Yeah. I mean, I told you I've wanted to, but a lot of these things, like I said, are hot button issues. So it's like it's got to happen after it happens. Yeah, after, Like something happens, I got to have a hot take on it. And a lot of times I'm on the road. I, oh, okay. Damn it, you got me. But the thing is, like, so like, away from you. whenever you see me like in a in a car ranting, it's because I'm on the road, and you can tell when I'm like, I forgot all my shit at home. Well, so. you know what? It just solves it. You're either gonna have to start taking me on the road with you, <laughs> or I'm just going to start coming to your house. Uh, checking your schedule, coming to your house when I around the time I'll think you'll leave, getting there an hour early, hiding in your trunk. Yeah. <laughs> and then as soon as I hear you, well, and I'm just going to jump out. <laughs> Squirrel killer. Yep. So anyways, other projects come up. You have a new podcast. It's, yeah, it's called The Field Trip. It's a topic-based. So I've done um, episodes on parody religions. Are you familiar with the Church of the Flying Spaghetti Monster? Yes, and Church um, of Cannabis and Church of SpongeBob and yeah, I didn't know about Sponge, but there's a Church of Google. There's a Church of um, the Pink Unicorn. So a lot, a lot of these are just you know, it's a reaction to real religions, and it's fun because like the Church of the Flying Spaghetti Monster is so in depth. They they celebrate Ramadan. <laughs> Their uh, holiday season is just called holiday, and there's no <laughs> defined uh, dates for it. They uh, they celebrate pasta over, <laughs> and they end all their prayers with ramen. So th- it's it's a parody religion, but then they've gone that far in that that so type of thing. It's almost now a real religion. Yeah, yeah. P- and the, the, a guy read a prayer in Alaska before this town meeting, and that's how I. I got the idea for the episode because, you know, they start a town meeting with a prayer and it was his turn to read a church of the flying spaghetti monster. So, uh, so, so people it, were like turning their backs on him praying to this mo- flying spaghetti monster. It just, it was funny. And he ended it with ramen. Is uh, So is each episode then about, no, each episode. they're topic based. So that was the parody religions. I've done uh, the Charlie Charlie Brown holiday specials uh, today or a couple days ago. I just did uh, in game with Dwight Simmons. We've done civil or not civil war, but the other one, um, Infinity, Infinity War, war. Uh, junk collecting with Stuart Huff. Uh, so every week is a new topic. Uh, coming up, I have uh, autograph hunting with Tabari McCoy. Barry McCoy. He's a guy from Cincinnati, and he's a wrestling fan, a sneakerhead, and he collects autographs. So he, he is plugged into the circuit of like, uh, yeah, the, the Dodgers are on a flight, and they're landing in Cincinnati tomorrow at 1 p.m. All the people will be outside with their autograph books trying to get pictures of people from the team. Or he'll go to a hotel and get something signed from Becky Lynch from WWE. I will uh, send you home with one. Okay. To add to his collection. <laughs> um, if you don't think this podcast was funny. It's on me? You don't, you don't know the catchphrase? No, I don't. All right. Make a note. Not a <laughs> listener. Comedy is subjective. What's Okay. What's the, the catchphrase for my podcast? Uh, See? <laughs> Thanks for having me on, man. <laughs> <laughs>